So long as we can be made to think that death is a bad thing, we can be ruled. That is a quote by Ellen Watts. I was reading Out of the Mind earlier this week when I came across that that quote. And I'd never heard anybody say it quite like that. And so it made me stop and like write it down immediately. Um, and that was what this episode was largely going to be about, about death and how our minds have been programmed by society to view death. Um, but then uh, the entire world got canceled. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I should probably talk about that and then see if I can bring everything back to this quote. Now, at this point, you probably are thinking more or less what I've been thinking in regards to this quote and what's been happening now. So the reason why everything is being canceled is because, and I talked about this in previous episodes, if I can get you to be unconscious, if I can get you to drop from a certain level of higher level consciousness to just animal, primal, you know, reactionary behavior, I can control you. And that's the purpose of the media and of the news. I, I, I've discussed how it's the, 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 the media triggers the four Fs, right? They say the, the first one is uh, fucking, right? So it's sex. So you turn on the TV and you're going to see sex-driven ads, you know, commercials with phallic symbols kind of, you know, weaved into it. So that's the first F. Um, the other one is fear. And that's when you turn on the news. It's fear, fear, fear. Then there's fight. So you turn on boxing, you turn on sports. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, like flight. So it's a, your instinct to protect yourself. Fight, flight, fear, and uh, fucking. Um, and that's everything that you see when you turn on the news. And, and the purpose of the news and the purpose of the media is to make anybody that tunes in, it's, it's called a program for a reason, and it is to make anybody that tunes in unconscious. You can't watch TV for a long period of time unless you're really watching TV consciously you can't watch TV without eventually becoming unconscious just because the, it, it's set up, all these programs are set up to trigger your monkey mind or reptilian brain, the amygdala, the hippocampus, all of those that make your consciousness, make your soul, makes your soul rather lose the battle temporarily or otherwise against the monkey mind, against that voice in your head. Yeah. That, that's the purpose of the media. And um, at first, when all of this first started, I was thinking, and I, you've, you've kind of followed my chain of my, my train of thought rather across, you know, the past couple of weeks, if you've been following the podcast. And I basically said, like, this is not that big of a deal. If it is harming people, the people that it's taking out are people who already have, you know, compromised immune systems for the most part and are over a certain age. Okay. We deal with this all the time with just the regular flu, particularly influenza B, which is much more dangerous this year than it has been since I believe they said it was like 2009. Okay. If, 
we reacted the exact same way that people are reacting now every October, I don't, I don't think society could continue to function long term. I wanted to start this episode by singing or playing that song. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> um, and I feel fine. Because it really is the end of the world as we know it. And a lot of Christians, as they, as they tend to do, is of course they come out and they say, you know, this is Armageddon, the world is truly ending. Um, you know, Jesus Christ is coming, yada, yada, yada. You know, they, they kind of love that. They love that when things start kind of falling apart, they go, oh, I told you so. Like some people, a lot of Christians, not all of them, right? So this is not a judgment against Christians. I'm just saying there are some people who once they start seeing things start to kind of crumble a little bit, or, or at least the appearance of something crumbling, they start going, oh, this is it. Yep, Christ is coming back. Um, there's like, they get a hard on for seeing people like suffer because that get, that means that they get to, you know, flip you off that final, <laughs> to say the final, fuck you, I was right, which I don't think is healthy. Um, <laughs> like that's an understatement. Um, but I mean, come on, that, that's fucked up. If, but I will say that what is going to happen over the next couple of weeks is going to signify the end of the world as we know it. So it's the as we know it part that's the, the more important you know, part for you to focus on, as we know it. Um, because what this has been, and at the risk of signing, sign, signing, sounding <laughs> like, a, like, a, someone, like a paranoid individual, um, this has been a social experiment. It has. I mean, if you, there are people who are saying that when you examine the virus, uh, the coronavirus, it doesn't look like it's something that's naturally occurring. So there's that. And if you don't like going down the rabbit hood, rabbit hood, rabbit hole, rather, um, I wouldn't blame you. But there's that, that that's people have been talking about that, that this has been something that has been constructed more or less. I, I don't know if I believe that or not. But just because I may or may not believe it doesn't make it true or false. That is already out there. What is more concerning to me is that even though statistically on the CDC's website, they are even saying that the flu season this year has been more dangerous than any other year. Why are they using this virus as a way to sort of drive people and, and you know, drive the herd, so to speak? Um, I asked my husband that and he said, you know, I think it's just the novelty of it, right? If you say, hey, the flu is really dangerous this year, some people may not react the way we're seeing people react because most people would go, okay, it's the flu, like I'm X amount of, you know, years old and I've lived through many flu seasons and, you know, I'm good. So people may not do what we're doing now where you're, people, you're seeing people run up on the stores and fucking buy up all the toilet paper, which makes no sense. I don't know what toilet paper has to do with the coronavirus, um, except for the fact that it's, it's more of the media told people to go and buy toilet paper. And people didn't think, what does toilet paper have to do with anything? And they just went and they reacted. And I think that that more was the exercise is to see, can you get people to 
stop thinking and just react and follow prompts, right? If you're going to run on the store, we shouldn't have had people running on the store for toilet paper if that was your fear that something like the system was going to stop. You can't fucking eat toilet paper, right? You can't eat toilet paper. If, if, if you were going to, if you're afraid that the, you know, there was going to be a quarantine or there is going to be a quarantine, if you're afraid of a quarantine, it was like two weeks ago that this happened. A logical thought would be, okay, I'm going to need food, water, right? Sanitary products, um, things like that. But the news told people, go and get toilet paper. And without thinking, people ran out and got toilet paper. The news told people, run and get disinfectant lotion. And without thinking, people ran and got disinfectant lotion. So they didn't stop to think, wait, what does X and Y have to do with my long-term survival, right? Like, how does toilet paper help me survive if this is what I am afraid of, surviving? How does TP and Purell help me survive. You can't drink Purell, guys, <laughs> and you can't eat toilet paper. And the other thing too is, okay, fine. I understand you you don't want to have to wipe your ass or use water to wash your ass if that's really your concern. But why is it that if we're out of toilet paper, there is Kleenex. You can wipe your ass with Kleenex, guys. <laughs> like there's paper towel. I I run out of I, I run out of toilet paper in the past and have just used paper towels and then, you know, put that shit in the trash and then, th- you know, taking the trash out. Like you can do that. It doesn't, you're not limited to just toilet paper to wipe your ass. So the fact that toilet paper was sold out, but people weren't thinking outside of the box, like, okay, well, I could still get Kleenex. I could still get, you know, paper towels if I need to. There's some soft-ass toilet papers or paper towels out there that you could just as easily use. People weren't thinking that. It was just, news said, go get toilet paper. News said, go get Purell. And so that's exactly the item that we're going, we're going to go get. There are some really smart people running this world. Just Let's just leave with that. There's some really smart, really conscious, non-reactive people who basically who are just like you people who are listening to this right now and are agreeing with me like yeah I don't understand what the fuck toilet paper has to do with anything I don't understand why we're doing this this you know like you know logical people these are the people who are running this world they 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 are non-reactive people but they know that there are a lot of reactive people. And this has been, like I said, an exercise, an experiment, so to speak. Don't call it the flu, even though this is basically SARS 2.0. The reason why I know that is one, type into Google as of today, I don't know if it's gonna change depending on when you're listening to it, but as of today, if you type in SARS into Google, it just pulls up the first SARS that happened like a decade and some change ago. If you type in SARS 2, the coronavirus pops up because it's basically SARS, but they've already had a SARS, so they want to make it kind of novel. And and if you read it, every news article, they're all saying the same fucking thing. The novel coronavirus or COVID-19, the novel new, 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 they're calling it news. It's just SARS. If you read like a month ago, the doctor who was the whistleblower in this whole thing in China, it was a Chinese doctor, um, he said, 
he even, he even said that, hey, there's this virus that's going around and it's just like SARS. This is SARS. Now, I haven't delved in deeper to find out what the cure for SARS is or whatever, but we've already done this. This is just SARS-2, the rerun, right? But they don't want to call it SARS because if you call it SARS, then people, once again, it's, it's, it's familiar. It's, you know, they're not going to react the way they want people to react. And so they call it the, no, the novel coronavirus or COVID. They gave it a fancy name or whatever because they know that the general public aren't going to look beyond what they're telling you it is. I'm going to backtrack a bit. I know that this podcast is not going to, is not meant, this podcast, I should say, is not meant for everybody. It's not meant for the general public. Um, for the new listeners, welcome. Um, I would say don't share the things that I'm talking about with people who you know aren't going to get it. I created this podcast more or less to connect with people who are also conscious. If the general public wants to freak out and not ask questions, you can't change them. They have the same access to Google that I do, that you do. If you tell them, I've told several friends more or less the same thing. Stop freaking out. This is, this is not worse than the flu. You should be washing your hands. And now, as a result of people panicking, you should be stockpiling. Not stockpiling, I feel like that's a heavy word, but you should have, you know, food in your pantry just in case. But I've also said, if you listen to my past episodes, you should do that anyway. Let's say, best case scenario, this whole shit blows over by April, right? Let's say Trump is right, and in April, it's going to magically disappear, like he said. Um, Learn from this. Make sure that you have water anyway. Just every once in a while, buy extra water, buy extra canned food, buy extra, you know, pastries. Just put, instead of buying shoes and buying a purse, like buy things that that will help your survival long-term should something like this happen again. Because when I say it's the end of the world as we know it, now that quote unquote, they know that they can do something like this, which is shut down nations nations, not just one country, nations. This is going to, this is, this is the first experiment. It's not going to be the last time this is going to happen, unfortunately. So it is the end of the world as we know it. Um, So start preparing accordingly. One. Um, Two, Large stores have failed us, more or less. Um, and what I mean by that is we... Let me retract that statement. They haven't failed us. We have failed ourselves because we have gotten complacent and we put ourselves in a mindset where if I want something, I just go to Amazon to order it. I just go to walmart.com to order it. Wait a minute. I can't order what I need from Walmart and Amazon, well, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? That's a problem. That's a problem because anything happens to, that's where most people are going. So if anything happens to those two very large supply chains, a lot of people panic because where the fuck else am I supposed to get my food and my water? These are the only two places that I go to. We should learn from that. Start finding local farmers, 
that have online stores and they can ship stuff out too. Go to your farmer's market and start connecting with your local farmers, right? You should have your own little garden where you have your own, you know, staples. I had to run into the store to get like onions and garlic and ginger and stuff like that because I I knew that probably the next month or so I'm going to have to be doing a lot of cooking. Um, But I, I should have had, like I should have had, like a little garden where I know, okay, if anything happens, I can just go get my onions. Learn from this. Learn from this. Amazon and Walmart should not be our automatic go-to because if those two systems kind of collapse, we shouldn't then be in a panic running into the stores and grabbing everything. So store your stuff and then start finding local, you know, producers to to contact, you know, and, and to purchase from. I, I think that that's wise. And even like I've ordered in the past, like almonds directly from farmers in California. Search for them. I mean, I'm, I'm not even saying you can't do that right now. Right now. Why not? Contact these people directly and buy from them directly. It, this is the time to do it for sure. Another thing, another thing, um, Everyone's afraid to go into the Asian markets. So if you are in, I didn't fart, that was my table. Um, if you are in a, 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 a neighborhood or close to, if it's within 25 mile radius and, and where your stores right now are, maybe there's not a lot of stuff, try going to the Asian markets like 99 Ranch and H Mart and, st- and things like that. Um, the thing is too, when you go in there, like everybody's wearing gloves and uh, masks anyway. So like if you feel like comfortable wearing gloves and masks, you know, you'll fit right in. And I went there yesterday and I was able to get, um, when I couldn't go, go I couldn't get anything from Sprouts. I couldn't get anything from Whole Foods. So we drove to the Asian market and I was able to get just basic staples. Um, Not too much. I didn't want to run on the store because I just didn't want to commit to that panic. But the stuff that I would, was figuring I'm going to need, like, you know, eggs and, um, you know, maybe some pasta. They had, like, kimchi, just little things like that. Um, that's what I got. Now, I looked around and other people were pulling in with, like, two or three shopping carts and filling it up max, which I was like, okay, well, to each their own. Maybe I'm being a bit ignorant um, and not overreacting or not reacting the way other people are reacting. I just went in and got the stuff that I felt like I needed for like breakfast or so for the next couple of weeks or so. Um, But check those out. You know, check out the stores that aren't the large corporations that we, you know, the Vons and the da-da-da-da-da. Go talk to your local store owners if we still have those, if you happen to still have those. And the smaller chains as well, right? So you you can do that. Um, that's, That's another thing. Um, the thing that bothers me about all of this too, one of the other things that bothers me about all of this is, um, you know, I've said before in previous episodes about how you take out a map of the United States, you stick a pin in anywhere and guarantee, I know what the majority of people in that town, in this region, in this city, in this village, whatever you want to call it, are going to be talking about across the board. Since 2020 started, it was impeachment, World War III, right? Kobe's death, the the Sydney fires, and now we have um, the coronavirus. 
everybody across the country all talking about the exact same thing. How does that leave room for freedom of thought? How? How how can you say that you're free when you can't even control what is coming out of your mouth right now? And and that this is not a a judgment. This is not a judgment. I'm guilty of the same thing. I just recently become conscious of the fact that, wait a minute, I don't even watch the news, but I'm talking about the same shit on my podcast that everybody else is talking about. World War III, Donald Trump. I don't, I don't think I did an episode on the Sydney fires, um, but there were other people who were talking about that and climate change. So let's say climate change instead of Sydney fires. Um, now we have, you know, impeachment. I don't know if I talked too much about impeachment, but I have talked about Trump and the whole thing. The elections, uh, Joe Biden, all talking about the same thing, all talking about the same thing consistently across the board. And whatever is going to happen in April, because literally every month it's like a new chapter and they, they decide what the next shit's going to be. Everybody is talking about the same thing. We'll be talking about the same thing. Here's what's even scarier. This isn't just happening in the United States. What is happening right now is as a result of cell phones and social media. But social media and cell phones have been distributed across the entire world. So now across the entire world, particularly with this coronavirus, everyone is consistently talking about the exact same thing, which is the coronavirus, making fear the predominant emotion right now that has gripped all of humanity. I'm going to say that again. It's one thing for just us at the, as the, in the United States having these talking points that have been echoed throughout the media and social media and things like that, you know, since, since the year started and, and before that, right? And I'm sure each nation had their own news and own things they were talking about. They weren't really hyper-focused on all one thing. People weren't collectively afraid of the, the same one thing. When Trump got impeached, I guarantee you that people across the world weren't all talking about Trump's impeachment. When Trump bombed the fucking Iranian uh, government official, people across the entire world, I guarantee you, weren't all talking about that. This has been the first time, and very quickly too, right? This has been the first time in, in, in modern history or in history that I can think of where literally every human being, even children across the entire world, across the entire world, and this has just happened all within one week. This is like the, the this is the pin, right? This is the point of it all across the entire world because everybody, even people in fucking third world countries who maybe don't like, they don't have money to buy fresh water, right? Or food, but they all have cell phones. They all have Facebook. They all have access to Instagram and they all have access to Twitter. And every human being, pretty much most human beings rather, 
across the entire world right now for the first time in history all collectively talking about the same thing and all collectively at this moment in time are feeling a predominant emotion across the world one predominant emotion and that is fear that is unprecedented I need, I need you to really think about it. So we've had Ebola. We have had SARS-1. We have had H1N1. We have had AIDS. We've had the bird flu. We've had the worst West Nile virus. We've had all of this one thing after another, after another, after another. Even if you go all the way back to the Black Plague and the Spanish flu. However, in the past, when all of these outbreaks happened or when all of these outbreaks were reported and promoted by the media, by the news media, we did not have cell phones. We did not all have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the fuck, to ramp up the fear across the entire world in a very short time. And another thing, too, in the past, if you wanted to see news about something potentially terrifying like the Ebola virus or SARS or whatever the fuck, you know, you could, all you had to do was choose to turn on the news and go watch it. Right. And then if you weren't a person that watched the news, it didn't really affect you because, well, what, where else were you going to get this information from? Maybe your peers talking about it, but that's it. But you didn't have your cell phone. Right. I don't watch the news. I've said this before. I am not on social media, really. I mean, I have a page, but I don't, I don't check it. It's just there. Um, but I am talking to you about the, the, the coronavirus right now. Why? Why am I even conscious of something that's happening? You can't escape it. You go to YouTube to try to watch a video. It's like, guess what's trending? 50 videos all about the coronavirus, people dying, people being quarantined, what is happening here, the government has done this, people are criticizing this, look at what the Chinese are doing. I just want to fucking watch The Daily Show. Then you go to try to watch The Daily Show or The, the Nightly Show, Jimmy Fallon, whomever the fuck, right, Trevor Noah. I, I think they've canceled Trevor Noah temporarily. I know Bill Maher has just been canceled. I, I haven't seen any videos recently of Trevor Noah show up on my, on my um, feed so I'm thinking that they canceled the, the Daily Show as well. Okay, now what? Okay, let me try to watch sports. That's all canceled. You go to go on Netflix. And here's the thing that Netflix did that really, that made me think that, okay, this is, we're being, we're being, we're being messed with here. On like the, the, the moment when the hype started, I mean, we've heard about this, in, you know, that is in China. We've kind of been watching the Chinese and da-da-da-da-da, whatever. But the moment that they had more or less, like, started to talk about it coming to the United States, when I went to Netflix, it just randomly started showing me movies and, and, and uh, TV shows that had to do with pandemics. I have never searched for any documentaries or any... Most of the stuff I watch is comedy. Why are you showing me fucking Outbreak? Why are you recommending uh, documentaries on pandemic? Come on, guys. 
this wasn't, this isn't this, this was like late, mid to late February was when I started noticing, okay, what is this? Why are you showing me this? They put it, they plug it into your, your subconscious, right? So there's that. Then you log off. Okay, fine. I'm not going to watch Netflix. I'm just going to, let me go check my email. Now it's like you can't even check your email without being reminded. This company is sending you a, a notice. Hey, this is what we, we're going to do for the COVID, whatever. This company is sending you an email. This company is sending you a notification. Okay, get off, get off, get off email. I'm sitting here minding my own business. And now, like I'm just trying to read. And now I'm getting text messages <laughs> from companies saying, stay home, have your weed delivered to you. Stop. Stop. You can't get away from it. Your bank is emailing you or calling you. Schools are now shut down. There's no escape from it. Unless you actively try to withdraw from it. And if you are already a person who is predisposed to unconscious behavior, you are in the corner somewhere terrified. And as most people have been programmed to be unconscious, most people are terrified. My husband said he went, um, he went to, to do like a grocery run as well. Um, he just wanted to make stir fry today. So there's still stuff like basic stuff that people aren't thinking to run on. Like, uh, he got like peppers, um, and some tangerines or whatever. I guess we're just being super laissez-faire about it. And we might end up, um, regretting a lot of what we're doing, but it is what it is. Um, but he said that the, one of the, the cashiers told him that he, the cashier saw two women get into a fist fight over Purell. Guys, Purell is just glorified rubbing alcohol. If you cannot, if, if it's like the toilet paper thing, if they're telling you to go get hand sanitizer, and they're, they're telling you to get these two things, toilet paper and Purell. That tells me that this is something that's being, this, this, this is a social experiment. Because people aren't thinking outside the box. And I wonder if this is an experiment to see if people would think outside the box. If, they are, if you are really pressed about needing to disinfect your hands and Purell is sold out, my God, buy some fucking rubbing alcohol. If you really need it to be extra jelly, fine. Buy some aloe fucking vera gel. <laughs> Mix the two together and use that. Or get antibacterial liquid soap. Or just get some rubbing alcohol. I believe they said it's a, as long as it's above 60%, it's going to do the job. Think outside the box. Like, what is happening? You are punching a person because they are out of Purell. You are not conscious. That is not a conscious action. That is an unconscious reaction that's driven by fear. And right now, across the entire world, the predominant emotion that is affecting all of humanity at this present moment for the first time in history and in a very short amount of time fear 
beer. You go to the grocery store, everything's shopped out. Fear. You try to buy antibacterial ocean, everything's shopped out. Fear. All your vacation plans are canceled. I am hearing that universities are, have canceled schools for the rest of the year. And now they're thinking of canceling graduation. Guys, chill the fuck out. <laughs> I don't have to say that to you guys. Like, you guys get it. But that's what I feel like saying, you know, to the news. The news isn't telling people this. They're ramping it up. Why? Because guess what? Guess how they profit. If you can't, you can't go to the, if you can't go out, the malls are closed. Games are closed. Schools are closed. Theaters are closed. Parks are closed. (laughs) You basically have to sit your ass at home and watch TV. And then they're going to keep feeding you shit. And that's exactly what they want. Because when your ass is sitting in the chair and looking up, they get money from running the ads. So here we are. And in the past, it could have never gotten this powerful. Because without cell phones, you wouldn't really be able to just 24-7 on demand see what the fuck is happening in Ireland, see what the fuck is happening in the UK. Like, constantly, constantly, constantly. It, 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 this is not natural. This is not natural. The, the human brain is not meant to deal with this. And in order to counter this, you have to be conscious enough to make a conscious effort to put your phone down. But most people aren't going to do that. It's particularly not during the first quarantine of their entire lives. They are going to pull their phone they're out. They're going to become even more dependent on their phones. All right? What am I supposed to do? Okay, let me go on Twitter. Let me post a picture of, of, of people on Walmart. Right? They're going to take pictures of the fact that they're, they don't have toilet paper. Or, or they're going to take pictures of the fact that they do have toilet paper. Post that. They're going to take pictures of all the stuff that they have stored. Post that. They're going to, you know, write stuff and say how they're, they're scared. They're going to criticize this person and criticize the government. And da 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 More, more, more on their phones. Because wh- what else can we do? And it's like, now you're going to get sucked even more into the phone. Across the world, simultaneously, the vibration of our collective consciousness has systematically, systemically, I can't talk, systemically been lowered. Reptilian brain triggered. The reactive mind is firmly at the helm for most people. This is, this to me tells me that this is something engineered. Right? What do you think this means for us going forward? Think about the human mind and how it's handled news throughout all of civilization, right? 
it, we went from homing pigeons, right, carrying notes from town to town. Then we had the town criers, right, that would just go through town, you know, announcing the news. We had, um, like, newspapers, you know, and then we had when TV came along, and then we had the nightly news, which just came on once a day, and then that was it. You, get, you got to take a break from it. Then you had the 24-hour news cycles, but even then, you didn't have to tune into it if you didn't want to. But now, in a very short amount of time, in a very short amount of time, we have on-demand news. Then you have news app giving you notifications. Then you have notifications on social media. Then you have emails. Then you have text messages. Bing, bing, bing. The human brain has not had enough time to evolve and to adapt to this constant flooding of information. Not just locally or regionally or even nationally, but now internationally. We have literally gone in a very, 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 very short amount of time. And not just us in the West, but these small villages and the small towns have gone from really only knowing what's going on in your own village, if that. And just being concerned with what's just happening in your home. To now somebody in Iran, in a, in a village in Iran, knowing about what's happening in China and in the United States and in Australia and in Ireland and in Canada. That's wild. That's wild. It's not healthy. And this changes everything. It's the end of the world as we know it. I say end of the world just because I'm using the song. I don't think that the world is going to end. But I think from, from today and from what happens, what we're going to see happen going forward, things have changed. In the interim, what I, what I say to you guys is it doesn't have to change for the worse. I believe in alchemy. I believe in the transmogrification of lead into gold, figuratively. I believe that in this time that's meant to trigger fear and anxiety across the entire human race, this experiment that we're seeing, you could change this into something beautiful and something good. You know, a lot of parents now are going to be working from home and they're going to have to spend time with their kids. And I know that they know you can't just give your kids iPads. So it used to be when you would have a long break, like two, three weeks, you would just shuffle your kids off to camp. You don't have to deal with them. Well, you don't have camp <laughs> anymore. You can't take them somewhere. You can't take them to the zoo. You can't take them. So you just have to deal with your kids. And some parents don't know how to deal with that. But I think that this could be a good opportunity to do the opposite of what they want you to do. Instead of pulling 
instead of being pulled further in into this virtual world. Have people over. Play some board games. Right? When's the last time you played Monopoly with your family? Remember when your parents used to play Monopoly with you? My parents used to play Monopoly. My dad used to whoop our ass in Monopoly. I tell you what. Every single time consistently. I still remember that. And that was a long time ago. I still remember that when I was like six. I am not six anymore. You remember that. Your kids will remember that if you have kids. Play cards. Play bingo. Go for a walk with your kids. Go for a walk with your husband. Leave the phone. You're not missing anything. Cook. You set the example. You know, everybody's locking themselves up at home and they're thinking, oh, well, I can't be exposed to you because I don't want to get sick. Okay, fine. I get it. I know I get it. I, I do get it. We're all afraid. It's hard to not feel some sort of fear or at least concern, especially if you've been socialized in such a society. But it just takes a few individuals to say, okay, I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway. You don't have to have your whole neighborhood over. You can call your friend and say, look, we cooked. Why don't you come over? Let's have a glass of wine. It's not like you've got to go to work tomorrow, <laughs> right? Right? Bring your computer. And then, you know, let's have a sleepover. If you have a cold or a fever, stay your ass at home. <laughs> you know, but the most, most of us are largely healthy. We weren't panicking about the flu even though the flu had been low-key doing worse than what we're seeing with the coronavirus this whole time since October, and we were still hanging out and going to games and hugging people and shaking hands and catching colds and getting sick and getting over it. Nobody died, or very few people have died in the grand scheme of things. Compared to 300 million people, eight to 10,000 people dying from the flu is sad, but it's not even like 1% of the population. It's just not. So while everybody else gets sucked into your phone, put the phone down. Fucking sit outside. Enjoy your fucking vacation. This is a vacation. Pick up a book again. If you can manage to focus, right? We've just been, we've primed our mind to move from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. See if you can get back to a place where you can sit down and just read like a paper book, not a Kindle, guys, an actual book. Barbecue. Plant something. You got time? You can plant something right now. You've got nothing but time, <laughs> you know, make, make light of the situation. I'm not saying don't prepare because this is, this is very new and the best case scenario, nothing happens and we move past this and in April, something else is going to come on and everybody's going to move on. Learn from this, of course. 
but you can turn this into something, something beautiful. Where your kids look up and say, you know what, that wasn't too bad. And your friends look at you and say, you know what, thanks for having us over. I started with the quote by Alan Watts. Let me see if I can find it. It was called, so long as we can be made to think that death is a bad thing, we can be ruled. I know you're, some of you are thinking, well, that's a weird quote to end and start a podcast with. Um, maybe. Um, I'm a weird person, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. That said, um, what is driving Bigger picture, guys. What is driving a lot of our unconscious reactions right now across the world is this underlining fear of death because we have all been collectively made to believe that death is a bad thing. And I've said this before. What if we, had, we were born in a, in a society where instead of being programmed to fear death, we were programmed that death is a metamorphosis of the soul into something more beautiful. Or that it's all cyclical and even if you died, you're just going to come right back and relive the same life and maybe and you can make different changes. Your perception of death affects how your behavior is now, but that perception of death is something that has been born on, brought on by societal programming. You didn't choose to perceive death in that way. And so if society, if the government, whatever you want to call it, has conditioned us to fear death, then all, you have to, all they have to do is call upon that fear. You're going to die. And then you can be ruled. All I have to do, if I program you to fear something collectively, which is what we've all been collectively programmed to fear. It's the end. It's an annihilation. You don't fucking know. None of us have died. You might have had a near-death experience, but none of us has died. So, and this is something from Seneca. How do you, Seneca said this, Socrates said this, Plato said this. How do you know that death is that bad? You've just been told that it is. You didn't choose to believe that it was. You were programmed to believe that it was. How do you know that death is that bad? I'm not saying embrace death. I'm definitely not saying, I'm definitely not saying that. I'm saying don't fear it. Or if you do fear it, ask yourself, what if I was programmed differently? I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be unconscious. I want the thoughts that I think and the feelings that I have and the, the things that I aspire for and the things that drive my actions and my behavior 
to be something born out of my own observations, my own logical assessments and assertions. That's freedom. I don't want someone to say, go and get toilet paper, and then I go and get toilet paper. I don't want to be that person. I don't want somebody to push my buttons psychologically and cause me to react. I want to be free. And if you ask anybody, even people who are deeply in that, right now in that mode of deep reaction, you ask them, do you want to be free? Every living being struggles and will fight to be free. But the first thing you need to understand is that, well, you're in a cage. It doesn't have bars. It doesn't need to. It's in the mind. Let this, the next couple of weeks, become something that you utilize as an exercise in actively becoming more conscious. If you catch yourself reacting, if you catch yourself being angry, if you catch yourself being afraid, panicking, let that be a a beacon, a warning, an alert that, okay, I'm, I'm about to react, but I want to be in control here and become conscious. Use this, the next few weeks, as a means to live your life more consciously. I know you can do it, guys. I know that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to cook for my family. I'm going to put out more episodes. Assuming I make it past this Friday. (laughs) That's an inside joke to guys who have been listening long term. So the new listeners, go check out the past episodes. Um, Anyway, yeah. You do have the choice. There is choice there. You you have to consciously grab that, grasp that, and say, I choose to not live like this. Or if you, I'm not saying don't feel afraid. You can't control it. It's a reaction, right? Especially if you've, we spend our lives, our whole lives, all of us programmed to react to pain. Programmed to react with fear. Conditioned like Maslow's, you know, salivating dogs. Right? They hear the bell, they salivate. So that fear is a sal- you know, salivation. It's a, it's a response. But you can stop it. You can say, you know what? I'm going to feel the fear, but I'm not going to react to that fear by not doing what I want to consciously do. I'm going to feel the fear. I'm going to use that feeling of fear as a beacon, as, a, as an alert that, okay, This is the behavior that I would have engaged in had I been unconscious and I'm going to choose to do this instead. And most importantly, guys, at this point in time, this is my final note, 
Um, you know, I was, I was out today cause, um, fuck the quarantine. <laughs> no, I, I just, I had a meeting that didn't get canceled. It was just a small group of people and we we're meeting just to discuss what was going on. And, um, one of the ladies that was there was talking about the president. She was talking about the president to me. Um, and she said, don't you think that the president has been doing a great job? I am no Trump supporter. Clearly, if you listen to any podcast, but you know what? Instead of reacting and saying, yeah, I, yo, fuck Trump. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I saw a human being who was afraid. And I saw her talking to me and saying, what do you think about this? She didn't, and you know what, kudos to her, because first of all, she didn't just assume, hey, you're black, so you're automatically a Democrat, which I'm not. So kudos to her. I don't know why she assumed that I would be a Trump. like I, I liked Trump either. I I don't know. Um, that was interesting to me as well. But what I did was instead of just shutting down and going, oh my God, you're a Trump supporter, and just throwing the whole person away, which is what we've been doing, which is what has led to us now, right? This cancel cu- culture has led to every fucking thing being canceled. <laughs> now, guys, planes are canceled. Ireland is canceled. The UK is canceled. Schools are canceled. We did this to ourselves. Instead of canceling a whole entire soul, a whole entire being, I listened to her and I listened to what she said. And she said, you know, the CEOs were gathered with him, blah, da, 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 da. And I said, you know what? I, I think that it's great that he is gathering CEOs because I do believe that this isn't something that can be solved with the government. I believe that this is something that we as Americans, private individuals, private companies, small businesses, local companies, and maybe even larger companies as well, working in conjunction, all of us working together, not looking for the government to rescue us, but innovating. That's how we get past this. I found a common ground with somebody. And that was what I focused on. It wasn't what we had that was not in common. It was what we had, I found what we did share. And that's what I chose to talk about. We are not liberals or conservatives. We are not Democrats or Republicans. These are all just fucking labels, which I've talked about in my other episodes. We are all in this together. We are consciousness having a human experience on this plane. And right now we are all vibrating very low and it's up to all of us every one of us to lift each other up to cheer each other up you know what if you are gonna if you can't get off social media share memes that will make people laugh laughter is the best medicine if you're thinking to text somebody something that's going to scare the fuck out of them send them something that's going to cheer them up give them something helpful that you've learned from all of this that they can learn from. It's, it's, we, we can, we can't fight each other anymore. We're all in this together. Whatever it is that's pulling the strings doesn't give a fuck whether or not you watch Fox News or CNN. Clearly. We, we've got to unite. We've got to unite. We've got to find a common ground as beings as souls. 
I don't personally, I don't know Donald Trump personally. I've, I've, I've seen and heard, you know, posts from people saying that, you know, the libs are turning this and trying to politicize um, this virus. And I think it's short-sighted. I don't think you're, you're thinking bigger picture because this is not just happening in this country. This is happening across the entire world right now. The vibration is so low right now. So I, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's bigger than that. And so I think as a collective, this is a time when we come together. We're, we're, we have to. We, we have to come together, look past our differences or our perceived differences. Our quote-unquote differences are, are, are non-existent. I, 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 I don't give a shit about what Trump has said in the past. This guy, he is who he is. Stop criticizing the government. The government is just a collection of human beings just like you. Stop congratulating them too. <laughs> you know, just focus on your community, your neighbor, being a good neighbor, being a good member of your family, a good member of your society. That's what's important right now. It's not about whether who voted for whom or what a person believes in. It's not about that. We don't. This isn't the time for that. Let's get together. Let's not panic. Let's get through this. Let us learn from this. And let's collectively lift each other up. Don't panic.